Welcome to B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. Meet Bonnie. She's from Oklahoma. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plain. A meteorology major and loves to chase. Meet Bobby. He's from Oregon. Going green. Greenage. Saddle up. You got a boss. Oregon AMS vice president and a former TV weather producer. It's B Squared. Let's talk weather. Welcome into B Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And Bonnie, this episode is going to be dedicated to nothing but hardcore model riding snow. It's going to be blizzard. We're going to get dumped on. Let's make it happen. I'm ready. Bring on the cold. Bring on snowmageddon. Two words for you. You ready? Yes. Polar vortex. Love it. Again. Love the vortex. We do too. Um, so we will jump into that here just quickly. Um, sorry to everybody. We didn't get a show last week. Um, I ended up in the hospital. I am fine. I'm good now. Woke up last Sunday morning, getting ready to take B squared and just didn't feel right. And I was like, you know, maybe I'm just going to go back to bed. Talked with Bonnie. We're like, yeah, we'll take, we'll, we'll tape the show tomorrow. No big deal. Uh, woke up two hours later and felt like somebody had punched me very, very hard in the stomach. And You're I, good. yeah, and I have Crohn's disease, so I know if my body doesn't feel right, something's not right. So ended up in the ER, uh, had a fun time there. God bless the doctors and nurses. Uh, I am the easiest patient to deal with. And I say that, uh, God's honest truth. Like I know that they don't want me to be there. I don't want to be there, but I'm going to make it as easy on them as possible. Because if I have a happy attitude, they'll be happy and probably respond with better care. So that's my mindset always going in. I still didn't want to be there. Um, ended up being hospitalized for three days, two nights. Everything now is under control. Medication is doing what it needs to. But uh, Bonnie, I sat there and I don't think I've watched that much Weather Channel in the span <laughs> of you know a long time than I did over the, the you know three days I was there. Hey, at least you love the weather and you had that to watch because there's nothing on hospital TV. They have like four channels. Right. And, you know, it's I'm maybe I'm lucky here, but um, I've spent enough time in the hospital dealing with the Crohn's that every time I do go in and it's been several years since I've had my last hospital stay, which I'm thankful for and knock on wood that it will be several more years before I ever have to go back. Maybe not at all. And that'd be the best part. But. They had a smart TV, so I could Bluetooth music to the TV, which was awesome. Uh, for wow. some reason, I couldn't screen share on the TV, which I was kind of bummed about, but oh well. The cable channels were like my home channel, so at least I had that. But I didn't get through any of the hospital channels, which, you know, like the calmness and the breathing. Or if you really want to get, you know, into the fun side of medical, you can go watch the baby birthing channel. Or you can watch the pain management channel or how to change out your bandage burn scar channel. Um, None of that. Didn't need to see that. You should have. That would have been very educational. What if you have to deliver a baby in the back of a car one day? Uh, You have no education now. You missed your chance. Yeah, you know, I I, am. Yeah. (laughs) I don't don't have words for that. (laughs) You're like, that's not going to happen. I'm not doing that. Yeah. And and if it does, listen, you know what? I'm going to try and do everything I can. I hopefully have a towel or a blanket or something that I can catch baby. But we've all seen movies. We can do it. It's fine. Exactly. Exactly. You see the one time in a movie, you're good to go. But uh, watch a lot of the Weather Channel coverage of, I believe it was Ophelia or whatever their their winter storm was. And I I got really jealous. I'm not going to lie. 
you know, started in the Midwest. We saw Chicago get hammered, uh, Detroit, Cleveland, you know, Pittsburgh, New York, Philadelphia, Boston got into the act up into Maine. You know, even Washington, D.C. broke their long snow drought, which was great to see. But it gave me this fire inside me that I wanted to see more snow. And we had an event two weeks ago, which I was jazzed for because, you know, we had talked about on the show, like, hey, we might actually finally get some snow on the west side here in Oregon. Um, And I will tell you this right now. It was on a Wednesday afternoon. I was hyped. It was my last day of work for the week. And I was like, you know, I'm going to go chase. I woke up a little bit early and I was like, you know, I could go back to bed. And I was like, you know, the conditions will be right. And I got a feeling we'll probably see some snow in the air. But I really want to see it snow. Like, I want to see it snow badly. And I was like, you know what? Sleep is for when I'm older. And I'm old, but, you know, oh, well. Um, So I was like, all right, I'm going to go find some snow. And I knew my best bet was going to be somewhere out toward rural Washington County out on the west side um, of my county where it starts to back up against the coastal mountains. And we have talked on the show about cold air damming in certain places where it just kind of builds up a little bit thicker of a volume. So any moisture that does fall, it will fall as snow. Sure enough, get out toward Forest Grove, which is right up against the coast range. And I sat there for about two and a half hours and... Heavy snow showers moving through, nothing really sticking, nothing really sticking. And I'm watching the temperature now start to fall. And not like at a very slow rate, but Bonnie, it's at 39, 36, 34, 32, ground turning white in the span of 10 to 15 minutes. Wow. That's awesome. It is. And I was blown away. I was like, this is so cool. Like, I can't believe that I'm watching this happen. This is, you know, meteorology in action. So I'm on Facebook Live and just, you know, sharing it around. And I was like, you know, I'm going to go for a little bit of a drive. Let me go see if I can find some more. So I was in downtown Hillsborough. I went about a mile outside of the outskirts. And again, you're not going to get a heat island effect in Forest Grove. It's just not going to happen. But it goes to a straight up magic winter wonderland. I mean, they've got a half inch of snow on the ground and it's coming down. Bonnie, silver dollar size flakes. And everywhere. I love big flakes, like those big old, big fat ones. I I love those. But you know what? Don't eat those because that's a lot of dust. That is a lot of dust or at least a lot of dust particles that, you know, are forming. But I was so hyped and I was like, all right, this is great. It's, you know, now one o'clock. I don't have to be at work till 2.30. And then I realized there's a lot of snow on the ground. I should probably start driving because if I don't, I'm going to be stuck out here and then I'm going to miss work and then this will be bad. But I'm thinking, okay, if it's snowing this hard now and, you know, I'm eight miles from work, I know I dip down a little bit in elevation and it gets a little bit more open, but there's still enough cold air that's supporting snow across wherever we are at. Man, (laughs) get to work, it's snowing and it never stuck. And I was like, oh, That's the worst. That is, it's like a waste of a snow. Possibly. It just doesn't stick. No, you're you're right. One hundred percent. And you know, it would like the temperature would flirt. And I was watching the the airport about a mile down the road where they take the official uh, temperature, and it was like you know thirty four, thirty three, right on that border point. But it never got below thirty three. And that was what I was bummed for. I was like, oh man, just one more degree, everything will freeze, will accumulate, we'll start to close down and go home early. No. But besides watching the cold air damming against the coast range, 
saw something else that was really cool and I want to share this and then we'll get into all the other fun stuff that we got going. I know it's a lot of me talking so far, but sorry. No, no, you're good. So, it's, I want to hear about the snow. So, you know, when we look at temperature and dew point, right. And we know that when moisture starts falling out of the atmosphere, it's an evaporative, an evaporative process, right? So right. you would naturally get the cooling effect. And so I was always taught when I did my TV internship and then, you know, in the college courses I took of meteorology is you basically split the difference between your, your actual air temperature and your dew point temperature. And that becomes, if that's full saturation, a hundred percent, uh, relative humidity, that's what your temperature is going to be at the time. So if the temperature is say, you know, air temp is 36 and your dew point is 20, that's 16 degrees difference. You divide that by two, that's eight. So in theory, your relative, your dew point temperature should be 28. And then your actual air temperature should be 28 as well with a hundred percent humidity. And okay. You see snow falling. Now I've heard different takes on that. It could be three quarters of that, not necessarily half, or maybe you take a quarter of the difference and split it. So I'm starting to get reports that Wednesday afternoon from my twin sister who lives in Corvallis, which is a town about uh, 85 miles south of me. They have no gorge influence. There's no cold air that's being you know pumped into the north part of the Willamette Valley that's dry, that is uh, continental air mass, which, okay, if you get a little bit of that air coming in, that's good, right? Because if you're keeping that dry air, that will lower your dew points. And the more you lower the dew point and the more the temperature stays the same once the rain or snow starts falling, everything will start to come down pretty quickly. Well, my twin sister is like, hey, it's snowing in Corvallis. And I'm like, sweet. They weren't even in any winter weather advisories, nothing like that. Well, she's like, it's still snowing. And I'm watching this through the course of the morning. She's like, it's starting to stick. And I'm like, um, this is awesome. Like, we have just completely busted the forecast on the good side where these guys weren't expecting snow and they're getting it. So I'm like, okay, this could turn into be a big time deal where, you know, if the forecast busted that far out and all of a sudden, you know, they're under forecasting the amounts here in Portland. This is going to be great. We're going to have a real snowstorm. This is cool. So I'm constantly looking at these numbers and, you know, throughout the course of the day, Corvallis ends up with two inches of snow. And again, they weren't expecting much, if anything, up here in the Portland area. Downtown Portland saw a trace. I saw a dusting at my house. I saw the two inches out in Forest Grove, which I thought was a great forecast, and they handled it. But one of the chief meteorologists from one of the TV stations here in town was talking about the fact that Salem, Oregon, which is our state capital, they had a temperature of 36 degrees, and their dew point was 32. So he's looking at this, and he's like, forecast is perfect. <clears throat> Even if we do get full-on 100% relative humidity, you know, fully saturated atmosphere, the temperature is not going to drop below freezing. And he goes, and then I'm sitting there and I'm watching the hourly observations come in. They go from 36 degrees Fahrenheit to 32% relative humidity. 34 degrees Fahrenheit, 32 degrees relative, or, um, you know, um, 32 degrees is your dew point. 33 degrees, 32 dew point. 32 degrees, 32 degrees dew point. And he goes, I've never seen the dew point not move and see the temperature lower like it did. Whoa. And they went straight into snow and they ended up getting, you know, an inch and a half to two inches. 
So it was really fascinating. And again, I'm sure this is there was some dry air that either drifted out of the Cascades through some of the different canyons and the valleys that, you know, kind of split the east side and the west side of the state where some of that dry air did make its way down from Portland. But to literally watch your your dew point temperature stay still, your relative humidity stay still and still watch your temperature drop is fascinating to me. Uh, yeah, definitely. That is insane. And then to just be like, boom, snow, once those two temperatures meet. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. It is awesome. And I sat there and I'm just like, you know, and he talked about on his podcast uh, with the other four meteorologists that work at the station. And none of them had seen it. And, you know, I'm trying to, you know, it. I would have to look through years and years and years of data to even find something comparable to that. But it was uh-huh. just something fascinating. Like, okay, I've never heard of that happening. I've never seen it happen, and yet it did happen. So there's just another wrinkle into the thing that we love of weather that can happen. So that's, that's just a- another layer of difficulty on top of winter weather forecasting or any weather forecasting because, I mean, a lot of weather requires humidity, right. moisture. So. But it was just, it was really fascinating to watch the whole thing start to finish. Um, Like I said, the forecast ended up being, um, I'd say a 50-50 split where they obviously busted the forecast for areas south of Salem where they didn't expect to see snow and they did. Um, They hit the North Willamette Valley pretty well where they knew places like Forest Grove and out to Hillsboro would get snow. Uh, Some of the places higher elevations would also get snow, but in downtown Portland, they didn't really see anything. So... That forecast did verify. But again, this was the difference. And, you know, we talked about it in different Facebook groups and on the forecast discussions and with other other people. We missed a major snowstorm by two or three degrees. So annoying. Right. Like that's that's the worst part of winter weather is that if it is just one or two degrees too warm, not going to happen. Just not even going to happen. So I just sat there and I was like, you know what? This is why my love of weather is constantly fueled because Mm -hmm. it's just one thing or maybe two things or maybe three things. But all it takes is one or two degrees and we're looking at something completely different. So true and so crazy. And like we always say, that's what makes predicting it so hard is because it's so finicky it's so you know it it needs the weather needs everything to be just right not too hot not too cold just right just like the the bears the goldilocks bears right everything has to be just right for it to happen well we go from that snow threat and actually seeing some decent snow to it's been kind of boring the last week and a half i didn't miss anything in the hospital so that i'm thankful for that but bonnie oh man We have been hinting and we have seen signs and forecast ensembles have kind of started to allude to this. But about a middle of last week, we started to see some very interesting trends take place where all of a sudden the United States was going to get real cold real quick. And a lot of the country, almost almost all of it, except like Southern California and like Southern Florida, but like all the way down into Texas is supposed to get this freezing cold wind chills in the single digits or zero up north negative degree wind chill. Like it's about to be real cold everywhere. Right. So this will go down probably as the coldest Arctic air. And this is an Arctic outbreak of the season. 
Um, yesterday, poor folks in North Dakota, minus 43, minus 46, minus 60 degree wind chills. Oh, my God. Just a little cold. That, that is like that is unbelievable cold. It is. It is unbelievable cold. A friend of mine works in Grand Forks, and I was like, hey, if you're going out today, make sure you take a sweater. I hear it's a bit nippy. <laughs> She's just, like that's just not, a tad. she's like that's not funny. <laughs> I was like, yes, it is. Yes, it absolutely is hilarious. But this air is like you said is gonna infect, uh, not infect, but uh, infect is a good word. This, yeah, I think it works. This, this is a good. This is a good word. This it keeps will- on theme with you know where we're at right now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The difference is, by the way, whether Twitter did not disappoint. Um, I don't know who it was, and. That's okay. They're like, we can turn back this cold air if everybody just points their hair dryers north. <laughs> to which pretty Let's much try it. to which every guy responded, What is a hair dryer? <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden there's a hair dryer shortage now right? because everybody went out and bought one. <laughs> right. And I'm I'm gonna tell you this right now. I think after what, five or six feet, the air moderates. So yeah. So we all need to stand on a ladder and blow it, is what you're saying. Yeah, that still won't work. Dang. I want the cold air. So anyways, this cold air is going to infect the United States. Um, We don't like to post model data on social media, and I know a lot of the weather folks agree with that sentiment. However, (laughs) forgive me because I took over our Twitter feed yesterday, and I was like, listen, this is just too pretty to not do. So yesterday's 12Z run of the GFS put 16 inches of luscious, lovely snow in downtown Oklahoma City. I'm dead. I can't. I it literally it's taking everything in me to not think about that every minute of the day. Like I am just it's too far out. It's too far out. It's too far out. That's why I keep telling myself. I'm like, don't freak out. Don't get excited because it's too far out. But oh, my gosh. Right. What if we get that? What if you do or get anything that? close to that? It would be it would be monumental. Oh, and the thing was that, like, there's a swath, and central Oklahoma is the bullseye. There's a swath that goes from the west side of the Oklahoma City, City metro down down south through, like, Norman, through Moore, and then it wraps up in a line up to Tulsa, where you're looking at anywhere from 12 to 20 inches of snow. But that's not until after Valentine's Day, right? Correct. Correct. So that's just so far away. I know it is. It, I it, just need the models to keep saying that for the next week and a half. Right. Well, no, no. I'm yeah, but the thing with this is the thing with this is that it's there and we're seeing this. And I know it's within the ten day window, and so we're kind of like, yeah, you know, the likelihood probability of it actually happening has gone from straight up wish casting to we're taking notice of this. Yeah. And like, we're, well, and I mean. It, the cold air is there, obviously. Right. So it's really a matter of how much snow and where, because that's going to fluctuate too. If it moves north or south or whatever, like it's so. I I definitely think we're going to get winter precip in ten days or whatever from now. But it's just please dump sixteen inches. <laughs> right. Right. I I mean I, I I want it to happen so bad for you. I want it to happen so bad. Now, 16 inches of snow in Oklahoma City is nuts in general, but in the middle of February is even more nuts. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. With a little bit of daytime radiational heating, by the way, we're going to add some ice to that as well. So, oh, yeah. you know, let, we'll, we'll get into that in a minute. But when I saw this, I was like, I got to post this. I have to post this. I know I shouldn't, and I know I chastise others for doing it, but the eye candy is just so good. 
Hey, you don't have to feel bad. You're not the only one. Patrick Marsh did it too. He posted it too. Okay, so I don't feel bad. Well, conversely, I was like, you know, well, let's look at the weather maps here in Portland. Now, yesterday was Christmas 2.0. Now, as you guys know, I was in Central Oregon for Christmas. My twin sister had COVID, so her and her family didn't travel to meet us. So yesterday was the first day that we were all together in about three months and had an absolute blast. I got some cool new weather gear, including the awesome I'm So Next Red sweatshirt. Shout out to our friends at Helicity and Weathershed for that. So uh, thanks, Twin Sister, for getting me that. I appreciate that. Got some cool new stickers, also from the same spot, including my new favorite, We've Got Cows. (laughs) So that's now on the second laptop. But I'm looking at the weather models as I get up and wait for the family to arrive and You know, we have a high-resolution model for the Northwest from the University of Washington. And it's like a 36-kilometer view, a 12-kilometer view, a 4-kilometer view, and then a 1- and 1-third-kilometer view. So, I mean, the resolution gets infinitely better the, you know, the smaller the number you go. And so we look at the 12-kilometer as just kind of a good overall geographic setup. And, you know, because people are good with technology and good with... Photoshop. There are times we have taken some model runs where it shows cold Arctic air, and then we have, you know, basically imposed over the top of that a mega windstorm of like 960 millibars at the exact same time. And so you're looking at this cross, you know, cascade gradient of like 50 millibars, which would, you know, be devastating down sloping winds. Every tree would be blown over, it'd be like hurricane force from the east, and then hurricane wind from the south, and it would just be nuts. And so there's a meme that goes around our weather groups that we're like, okay, this is great. I kid you not, somebody posted a photo and I had to zoom in on it to make sure that I was actually looking at the current model run. So I'm like, this looks so unnatural, like this can't happen. Like, it just didn't, it didn't look right. And sure enough, it was a legit frame from the model run. So I pull up the model and I was like, you've got to be kidding me. It's like a 20 millibar different cross cascade gradient, which would be a 50 to 60 mile an hour wind sustained in the Portland area. And that's cold Canadian Arctic air coming through the gorge. And it's getting compressed and shot out at 60 miles an hour. And I'm just like, like, this is this is nuts. I've never seen this. And so I put it in a text group to all the people from the Oregon AMS. I'm like, just a heads up. I know we don't post model data, but you you might want to take a look at this morning's run just so it's there. And I was I'm, I'm blown away. Like I was legitimately blown away. And again, that's just a surface analysis map. It's not telling me anything about, you know, if there's precip with it or anything like that. I was just like, this is this is insane. And as the course of the day went along, everybody's like, you know, the 12Z was awesome. You know, the 18Z went drunk uncle on us and it's still awesome. And then, you know, we all expected the 0Z to come back to reality and it didn't. And so we've now had consistently like three or four days of solid model runs that are like, we're going to get some cold and we're going to get some snow. And part of the polar vortex is going to kick a bunch of really cold air into Montana, eastern Washington, eastern Oregon. And when that happens, you get this little like small geographic area of high pressure and that's going to start pumping cold air into the Portland area down through the Columbia River Gorge and people are going absolutely bonkers and it is amazing. 
this is about to be like a crazy week for everybody. And I am just, I'm, I'm really pumped for how cold and how crazy it's going to get across the whole country. Like I'm, I'm ready. I am all for it. All for it. And I want all of us to get snow. <laughs> That's what I want. <laughs> I'm going to pull open real quick. One of my weather groups, because we had a bunch of really interesting comments. And so I'm going to be going through this here and trying to find all these here and talk about them. But, um, you know, a lot of the weather maps and again, depends on where you look and who you trust and all the fun stuff. But one of the forecasters for the national weather service this morning decided that he was like, you know, there are some models that we look at the national weather service office that most people don't discuss. Right. And we know that the national weather service, they have more than just the GFS, the Euro or the NAM or the BAM or the Navy or the gem or whatever you want to throw out there. Right. They have access to right. everything. And so he shared a link with some new model data. So I was like, sweet. And everybody's like, awesome. Eight more models to look at. <laughs> Not what we need. That's just going to make us all even more crazy than we already are. with watching the models. So right. Exactly. And so we're like, okay, just, you know, again, more data, right? Data is good. So let's, let's go with that. He was saying though, the consensus of the 20 some odd models that they have been looking at lends credibility to about five inches of snow. So I'm like, okay, I'm happy with five. I'm happy with two, but five I'm okay with five's going to shut down the city and I'm not going to go to work. And then I realized, well, this is going to be Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So I'm off work anyways, even better. So we start going through and we start looking at all of the, you know, different model outputs. Well, people start posting this morning's GFS run. One model has 9.1 inches. Another model, which is the GFS again, depending on, you know, something else. By the time we get to Saturday, 15.8. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is, this is getting better. Through do eight through, through day eight. Okay. Now again, this is this morning's 12Z GFS, and again, it's one it's one model, right? I'm taking it at face value and with a very, very large grain of salt, okay? Because right. I'm not expecting to happen. But now through day eight, which puts us at 12Z Monday morning, so we're ahead a full eight days from today, 31.3 inches. Oh, my gosh. If you get 31 inches... I, I don't know. My heart might stop. Right. So that's in Hillsborough. So that's in Washington County. It's eight miles from where I live. Downtown Portland is sitting at roughly 20 inches of snow. <laughs> Places like Vancouver, just across the river, 20 inches of snow. We're looking at 21 inches of snow down in Wilsonville. We're looking at possibly 26 inches in McMinnville. This coast range, the coast, the actual Oregon coast, zero elevation is looking at somewhere between four and six inches. So it does snow on the Oregon coast, but it's pretty rare. But four to six inches would be a major snowstorm for them. And then the very next slide. Oh, by the way, we want to throw an inch of freezing rain on top of this. Wow. (laughs) Freezing rain adds a whole other layer of danger, okay? Like that's a whole other thing. Now, I I will say this. With... 30 inches of snow and a, a layer of ice is not going to do a whole heck of a lot. We're going to be shut down anyways. It will make some what travel. It will do, what it will do, though, is put weight on power lines and trees. Yes, it will. It will. 850 millibar temps. So go up in the atmosphere a couple thousand feet. 
They bottom out in the northern Willamette Valley somewhere between minus 26 and minus 30. Whoa. That's cold. Like, that is full-on cold. Yes, that's cold, cold. <laughs> we, we don't get that cold here unless we're, like, you know, in a major Arctic outbreak. Again, not thinking that this is what's going to be, but it's there. And so it was just really fascinating to go through and watch. And, you know, people are just, they're freaking out and they're posting maps about, well, you know, but what about this? And, you know, the 12Z Euro says now maybe very little snow or it goes north or it's south. And it's just like, guys, we need to take a deep breath. Let's take just take a deep, deep breath and we'll go from there. But again, just the GFS is going absolutely, you know, crazy on this. And so what's just, the Euro saying? Because that's the one that does the winter weather better. Right. So the Euro has said anywhere from four to six inches consistently. The 12 Z one of one variant said, eh, we're looking at maybe a tenth of an inch of snow. And I'm oh. like, yeah, and see that that to me makes no sense now. Let's just not pay attention to the Euro. <laughs> right. But now now with that said, it will it will come around. It always does. Yeah. Especially um, the closer you get to the day of exactly, like. exactly, and that's just what that's it's more accurate that way, and we'll go from that. Um, so was this the one? Yeah, this is the one I want. So again, I woke up this morning, started going through all these maps, and I was just like, "You've got to be kidding me, man! This is going to be the greatest thing ever. This is going to be absolutely what I thought it would happen." And I was just like, "Yes, we are going to make it happen." All right. All right. So now here's the other thing. So in addition to the polar vortex, it's apparently going to kick out an actual Arctic front. So now people are looking at, well, what is the possibility of snow with the Arctic front? It doesn't happen in Portland a lot that we actually get snow when we finally do get an Arctic outbreak or at least an Arctic front. It's pretty rare. Right. I've seen is it because it it's dry. Yeah, it's super dry. Um, and usually it's got that north wind with it, which is for us a very drying out wind. So if you yeah. want moisture or precip, you need a west wind or a south wind to have that ability to kick up the moisture. But they are thinking that because there are so there's so much cold air and it moving so rapidly, like it might actually trigger some snow showers. So they're saying maybe yeah, it could maybe get an inch, could maybe get an inch or two. And I was like, hmm, interesting. All right, we'll see. So, very, very interesting. I cannot wait yeah. to see what happens. But, Bonnie, I'm excited for you because it looks like it's the real deal for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, it really it really does. Now, I know between now and, you know, the week after Valentine's Day, I'm sure it's going to change and whatever. But uh, 16 inches, that's just nuts. Nuts. Right. And if it does verify, that would be amazing. I mean, that would be like the most snow we've ever gotten. I really don't know what our record is for snowfall, but double digits. I just don't think we get double digits very often, if ever. (laughs) Right. I would have to go back and look and find what yours are. I want to say you guys had like 16 inches one time, like a big snowstorm. I want to say one day I was like digging around something. I was just like. Hmm. Which that's very possible. And. It's one of those things because we're so far south, everything has to come together 100% just right to get that kind of snow. Right. 
oh, and I just hope that that happens because the thing is we're going to have the cold enough air, but we're also far enough south that if we get any kind of south wind, that's going to bring in the moisture we would need. Right. And the south wind is going to be, like you said, key. But with that said, if that cold air is still entrenched, anything coming up over the top of it will fall as snow. Yeah. Which would be a good thing because if we had, if it, you know, was a freezing rain setup, then, I mean, we would probably have a devastating ice storm even more than we had in October. Hands down. Hands down. Like it would be, I mean, honestly, maybe not as bad because there's trees with no limbs right now because of that one. But still for the power lines, though, that would be bad. We would need to see that. That's true. Yeah. I'm trying to find the, oh, here it is. Okay. So according so the Euro uh, zero Z from last night, total snowfall. I don't know. Have you seen the individual members that um, weather bell does this? They will take the 50 ensemble runs and they will actually lay it out in a grid format. No, I have not seen that. Okay. I will. I'll tweet a picture of this on our, on our uh, Twitter page at weather podcast. Um, I need to save this real quick. So I can do that, but um, you can look and like all these members are huge, but they're saying the average snow total inches of snow somewhere equate on average around 20 inches. <laughs> I kid you not. Here in Oklahoma City. No, this is for Portland. Oh, this holy is, crap. Right. And I'm just like, this is insane. Like absolutely insane. Why will it not let me cap? Oh, there it is. Okay. Saved image. There we go. Hey, and that's for next weekend for you. Yeah, this is for this starts like on Thursday. Wow. Yeah, so I'm just like this so next is- week's show. We might be you know taping while you're sitting in 20 inches of snow, <laughs> which would be awesome, and I'd be okay with that. Yes, I know, right? I'm just so I'm just like this is so great. <laughs> this is so great. All right, why am I in full screen mode? There we go. All right, but with that said. With that said, we're going to see what happens, and I am excited to see if it verifies or not. But so anyways, this gridded forecast, and I'll pull it up here when I log in, um, you'll see it. So it shows all 50 members of the ensemble run, and it gives you a good, like, real good, uh, come on. It's like a spaghetti plot, but for like... Oh, yeah, this is the full-on grid, and so I need to change that weather podcast. So you see what the full-on members do, and it's a good way to get an idea of you know what the model's thinking, right? And again, uh-huh. the ensembles are the 50 individual runs, and then they take the best consensus of those 50. Now, two of the 50 have no snow, and one of the Mets at the NWS office was like, watch this be the correct solution. And everyone was like, shut up. Like, seriously, don't start that. <laughs> don't negative. even say that. <laughs> yeah, we don't need your negative energy here. This is not good. Um, so we got a good laugh out of that. Now, with that said, some of these members also put like significant amounts of snow, like over 20 inches in the metro area. So that would lend credibility to the actual, you know, model consensus saying 19.6 inches. So it's just, it's fascinating to me that, you know, we have all these different possible outcomes and now we have to wait. And I hate waiting. So to sum up, you're going to get anywhere from zero to 20 inches of snow. Most likely, yes. <laughs> that's good. I, you know, that's a nice window there. 
Oh, yes, I see Richard's uh, Richard posting. So, yeah, but let me post this real quick. But I just sit there and I just laugh. I'm like, <laughs> you know, what's really going to happen? And I mean, you know, we talk about model riding all the time and here it goes. Here it goes. We're full buckle on. Up. We are full on buckle up, strapped in. Like, let's kick the tires, light the fires. We're go for launch. Like, give us the countdown. We are ready. Because it is Helmets crazy. On. <laughs> it is true. It is so true. Yeah. Like, we're all about to go ham and we're all about to just, it's, we're all going to lose our minds in the next week. So just everyone be prepared. I am here. I am typing this real quick. So, uh, see, this is what we do. We live tweet during a, a podcast. So I'm saying what's going to happen. This is a model output for KPDX uh, for snow in the up coming future you can see each ensemble how do you spell ensemble e-m-s-e-m-b-l-e or l-e it's a really dumb word i'm just gonna say that ensemble it just it's a dumb word mm-hmm. I'll, I'll it's say probably it. like french or something and we're all saying it wrong <laughs> let me click over and see because i'm sure we'll say somewhere Dun, 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 dun. It's just like the word necessary. Like I can never spell it. Like I don't know how many C's or how many S's are in it. It's just in commitments the same way. Too many M's, too many T's. I can't do it. I'll do each individual. There we go. Individual. There you go. Each individual member uh, of the Euro. Also, while we're on the topic of words, does judgment have an E yes. in there? Yes. Okay. I believe. <laughs> See, it's like yes, it's it like you're so sure and then you think about it and you're like, wait a minute. Both of them actually maybe. yeah, I know it looks like both could be actually correct. Okay. So that's I've, awesome. I love that. That's great. I love when English is like that. Okay, so I just tweeted out, so if you pull it up now. So judgment. Uh there is no E in a to dictionary.com, but let me throw an E in there and see what happens. Exact. Uh, no, it, there's no E in judgment. Okay. I take that back. Okay. There is an E in judgment. There is an E in judgment, but both are apparently. Why do you drop the E in judgment? Uh, it's a variant. The words, abridgment. Uh, you could use both. It's British and American dichotomy. See, do you see? This is what I'm talking about. English is hard, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead. Like I, I just tweeted this out, so you can pull it up on our Twitter page, Bonnie. Uh, you can see what I was talking about. So this is from Weatherbell, and I don't have a subscription to Weatherbell, but you and I need to get one. Uh, yes. But I stole this photo from the internet, so it's public domain now. Um, deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding, of Take course. that. <laughs> Kidding, of course. But you can see what I'm talking about. So this is each individual ensemble member and the color graded, graded forecast chart. And so it's just, you know, all the fun looks like it starts to ramp up on Thursday. Friday, we really start going. And then, man, yeah. It's going to be a long week, you know, getting to this event to see if it really happens or how much happens it's going to be just a long agonizing week right right so 1 a.m this morning uh the forecaster for the national weather service 
said, you know, here are the different things. So he goes, here's the national blend of the models, and it gives Portland five inches. And so it looks like it starts kind of maybe Wednesday, and then really Thursday, Friday is when the fun happens, and then it starts to taper off quickly. But the 24-hour snow things, and there are some members that say we could look at a possibility um, – and I can't. I don't want to share this because I don't know if I have access. I don't know if I publicly can or not, because this does look like a gridded forecast from the National Weather Service that we don't have access to. Um, I will share the link later, though. Um, it's a weight percentage, so it's 24-hour snow percentage, the likelihood of it happening. But it also is uh, color coded to represent how much possible snow. So a tenth of an inch, inch, two inches, four, six, eight, twelve. 1824 greater than 30. Well, there are two members that are saying there is a one to five percent chance that we get eight out eight, eight inches of snow Thursday into Friday. There is a 20 percent chance that we get six, six inches of snow on Friday, and then it gets uh, progressively higher like two inches, four inches in these gridded time periods up to 65 percent. So if I'm a betting person, which I'm not. I'm saying 65% chance that we are going to have an average of five inches of snow. I'm not saying it's a lock, but it's pretty close. Yeah. And that sounds more reasonable than 20. I mean, we all want the 20, but it just sounds more doable of a five inch situation. So someone was asking was how does the national blend model weigh each model? Is it always a consistent ratio? Like the Euro gets 30, the GFS 25, the NAM 10. And then the rest of the ensemble is pretty fascinating. And the guy replies back, it's an expert weighting scheme that varies based on recent verification. There are about 20 different models plus their ensembles involved, including the Euro. In other words, it's not just the American model. So that's insane to me. I will tweet out the link for the National Blend uh, on our Twitter page at Weather Podcast as soon as it loads here. But I dug around this a little bit earlier today, and, man, this was fascinating to look at. That is really cool. I like that, like being like, look, you can trust this model's forecast, this percent amount based on how many times it's verified over the past however long they do that. That's really cool. I like that a lot. It is cool. So um, talking about the blended models on today's show take a look at the link here see this is a live tweeting thing that we're talking about what we do this is what we do oh except i tweeted that on my own page so now i'm gonna have to go back and retweet myself so we're gonna retweet that on weather podcast retweet boom there it is okay perfect now it's up nailed it there we go all right so, by the way, Vortex Jeff, more substantial snow coming to the Gulf. Or not the Gulf, but the uh, Midwest. So that's good. We like we like that. But so the National Blended Models is great because you can go through and you can pull up. It's a gridded forecast. Um, you can do a quick looks. You can do the text bulletin, which I kind of like the old school text out. But, man, it's pretty awesome. So take a look at that if you guys aren't familiar with it. It's another great resource that we have access to. Thanks to the folks at the National Weather Service for uh, putting that together and uh, sharing that this morning. So that was cool to see. But like I said, if we're sitting at 65% and this is the blended solution, Bonnie, you would have to think that as of right now, three days out, four days out, that's pretty close to a lock as possible. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And 
that's awesome because five inches that's a good amount of snow still it is it really is so i really i really hope that for you i really hope you get more but i definitely hope you get the five yeah, i do too and i hope that for some reason we get a lot more and we'll go from there fingers crossed for for all of us yes not <laughs> knock on wood so. Maybe we're all going to get a white Valentine's Day instead of a white Christmas. I would be okay with that. Yeah, same. I would totally be okay with that. Oh, man. And now some of the doubters are coming in. Oh, the 12Z GFS snow ensemble gives us two inches of fr- next Friday before the south wind begins to melting. It's like, and then someone's like, oh, the Euro blasts us with 50 degrees next week. It's like. 50 degrees, please. Right? There's no way. Right. We're not going to see 50 degrees for another, like, two weeks. (laughs) Like, let's just all be real here. It is very possible that that is correct. So. (laughs) (laughs) If you want 50 degrees, go to the southern tip of Florida or California. Right. That's where you'll get your 50 degrees. Uh, Speaking of Florida, today is the Super Bowl. Bonnie, who do you have and why? So, I will tell you, I'm not a huge, like, I like football, but I just don't have, like, a love for any particular team. However, one of my really really good friends loves tom brady with all of her heart so she obviously was a patriots fan and now is a buccaneers fan and so i'm um by default also going for the buccaneers fair enough i think that story short i think that is a great (laughs) i think that is a great choice um i'm a tom brady guy because the fact he played at michigan and we don't need to jump into the whole that whole thing not to mention the fact that you know he's got a pretty cush life right Mary Supermodel, you know, win some Super Bowl rings, can retire anytime he wants. Don't say some. It's seven. Okay. Seven he's Super won, Bowl he, rings. He's won six so far. He's could win his seventh, but Okay, that's what I meant. But still, that's a right. lot. That is. And hasn't he been to like ten Super Bowls yes. total? Yes. He has played in half of the last twenty Super Bowls. And the Buccaneers have only gone to the Super Bowl like a few times. Right. And they've won it once. So so he comes to the team, and the first year he's on the team, they go to the Super Bowl. I feel like it's kind of like, you know, what Baker Mayfield did for the Browns. You know, it's like that kind of thing. Kind of like brought him up out of nothing. It's very possible. It's very possible. Oh, Who's man. playing halftime show? Uh, I believe it's the weekend. Oh, okay. That might be good. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to watch much of any of it because I'll be at work. Um, but my, uh, my guy, Eric Church, is singing the national anthem, so that's going to be cool. Oh, that'll be nice. Yeah. At least it's not Fergie. Yes. That is true. All right. So, okay. <laughs> if anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, I believe it was at an all-star game, an NBA all-star game that she sang it. Everybody go look it up. It's so bad. It's good. Like, uh, there no, you go. I, I, we all remember it. And the players are trying to not bust up laughing. It is just, it's, I'm going to look it up after this because it's so funny. Right. <laughs> I'm reading an article real quick by um, Dr. Marshall Shepard, who I love reading. I think he's a really smart guy, but the title is kind of clickbaity, and I'm like... That's so annoying. It is. And so the the article is, Why Climate Helped Tampa Bay Become the First Team to Play a Super Bowl at Home? And so the first paragraph is like, oh, I'm a, I'm a, you know, Tampa Bay fan, yada, yada, yada. Ironically, climate likely played a role in why this record was achieved. 
Hmm. According to a 2010, I'm reading the article. According to a 2010 Bleacher Report article, the National Football League does not designate the Super Bowl to a location with climatological temperatures less than 50 degrees unless the temperature has a dome facility or retractable roof. Handful of Super Bowls have been played in the northern tier cities. Uh, since 2000, the coldest outdoor Super Bowl was Super Bowl 48 in 2014 in East Rutherford, New Jersey. Say that five times fast. Kickoff temperature <laughs> was 49 degrees and the high was 55. He also pointed out the cold Super Bowl was actually a two-lane in New Orleans. Super Bowl six kicked off to a temperature of 39 degrees. The cold Super Bowl well, ever or day was 52. The temperature in Minneapolis was two degrees, but luckily the game was played inside. Which brings me to the climate connection that probably helped Tampa achieve this record. For this analysis, I examined the 25 years of the teams playing in the Super Bowl. Over that time period, the following data emerged. New England Patriots played 10, Pittsburgh played 4, Green Bay 3, Philly 2, New York Giants 3, Denver 4, Baltimore played in 2. It's a total of 28 appearances from teams from cities with outdoor stadiums not likely to meet the uh, aforementioned 50-degree criteria in late January or early February. While my analysis is still speculative, it's a rigorous scientific perspective. Common sense also prevails in science, too, and the Buccaneers likely benefited. Oh, how? <laughs> you don't... You didn't answer your question. Oh, boy. Hold on. Yeah. I mean, hey, you know what? Whatever people need to do, like it was the weather that got Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl, like you know, like whatever, like that's kind of a very weather nerdy thing to do is be like the weather did it. <laughs> oh. I'm excited for commercials. That's one of the best parts. Right. All right. I but said, anyways, I think, yes, I, yeah. Buccaneers, yeah. Tom Brady, let's go, ring number seven. Yeah, I said I think it was more Tom Brady being there, but since the NFL sets these up years in advance, I don't see climate having much of anything to do with it. But hey, science and football rock. Hey, I'm telling you, weather has a hand in everything. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Deflategate, do we want to talk about flat footballs, or is that another show? <laughs> I think that's another show. <laughs> right. Tom likes to play with flat balls. Oh, man. Yep, that was... That was a whole thing, you know. It went to Congress. There was a vote. It was just a whole thing. Whole, whole <laughs> bunch of craziness. All right, Bonnie, we've kind of do dove into it a little bit, but let's get into the nitty-gritty forecast of what you guys got in Oklahoma City and then what I got up in Portland. We have nothing much going on this week other than the cold. Um, not a whole lot of precip yet. A um, couple of windy days. It's been well windy several days this last week, but, you know, Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping. So that's us where we're at. Windy. Okay. Awesome. We'll take windy, cold, and cloudy. It's not bad. It's better than, you know, nothing, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm good with it. Well, as I pull up in the forecast here, I can see that our fine friends of the National Weather Service Portland office have gone to chance of snow and wind on Thursday. And it's the big fat flake icon, which, you know, gets me all juiced up and excited. So now I'm fired up. Um, Slight chance of showers today. I look out the window. There is uh, broken clouds, and that's about it. So maybe we'll get a little bit of a shower to pop through. Uh, then we start to clear off, and temperatures are going to 
be in the mid-40s now and then steadily drop as we get through the week. So 46 today, 43 on Monday, 43 on Tuesday, 43 Wednesday, Thursday, high 37 in snow. So we sit back, we wait, and we watch. Uh, well, I don't I, like that high temperature for snow. I don't either, but it will get there. We can get snow at 37, so... Hmm. Let's Better go through. Happen. Yeah, let's go through and let's do my favorite thing, which is let's read the discussion because you know when we read the forecast discussion, it gets a really, really good insight of what's going to happen. So yes, as far as low elevation snow, freezing rain is concerned, there is a chance. Oh, okay. There we go. We've established <laughs> this now. That is the first <laughs> sentence in this particular paragraph. However. <laughs> At this point, details are few on how significant an event will be. The challenge is how models handle Pacific systems approaching the region. A couple of solutions are apparent in recent recent deterministic models. The system and precipitation undercuts the cold air and slides to the south of the region, leaving the dry and bushed with light. Oh, sorry. <laughs> slides to the south of the region, leaving the area dry or brushed with light precip. The other is a more northern track where significant precipitation overrides the cold air in place. Individual GFS and Euro Ensemble members continue to show wide variety of solutions for low elevation wintry weather, filling in the gaps in the two solutions outlined above. For now, we'll use the National Blended Model as a good starting point. So, we're not really sure... But it looks like this could happen. To sum up, it's still too far out, but we have some inkling that there could be some cold air and also winter precipitation. Exactly. So let's do what we do as Weather Ready Nation ambassadors are. Let's be prepared. So let's make sure that you guys gas up your car this week before we get to Wednesday. Let's make sure you guys have plenty of food at home. If you are having to travel, please make sure you have blankets, water, and food in your car in the event you get stuck somewhere because... As I know way too well, you're going to get stuck on a mountain pass. You're going to get stuck in the gorge. If it does snow and it starts, say, I don't know, during the afternoon commute Wednesday, people will be in their cars for hours on end. So let's be prepared. Let's do what we need to now. So in the event something does happen, we are ready to go. Yes. Also add snowshoes and a toboggan to that list of stuff to be prepared. Yes. 100%. I would love a toboggan. I would love snowshoes. If you feel so willing, grab some skis because that would work too. Yeah. Oh, good. Skis. I like that. Also, I saw this video today of somebody who got a like bath towel and got it all wet and took it outside because it was cold and snowy. And they like had this round tube thing and rolled up the end of it and let it freeze. And it he went sledding on this frozen towel toboggan he just made. That's pretty awesome. It was really amazing. <laughs> I've never gone sledding. Isn't that sad? What? How have you never gone sledding? I don't know. I don't have a sled. Oh, Bonnie, you have to go. It's so much fun. There's nothing like hurling yourself down a mountain on a piece of plastic. <laughs> what if I fall off of it? You might fall off of it, but at least you're already at ground level. <laughs> yeah, but then I just roll down the hill well, and yeah. I end up this big giant snowball at the end. Which would be hilarious. <laughs> Okay, I'll try to find a sled or like a trash can lid or you something. You gotta call Courtney, call your sister, call somebody. You gotta do it. You have to do it. If you get that much snow, I know you guys don't really have hills in Oklahoma, but go find something to slide down. You know what people do? They slide down like hills into like ditches near like highways Perfect. and stuff. Perfect. That works. <laughs> That's what we do in Oklahoma because we're so flat. <laughs> 
Good lord. You need to you really do need to come out here during the winter and I'll take you up to Mount Hood and we will go sledding all day. Okay. All right. And I I really do want to go skiing one time in my life. Just well, once. You got to come out and do it. By the way, fun fact of the day, according to Oklahoma Tornadoes on Twitter, there have been no Oklahoma tornadoes on the state since 1950. Wow. Yeah. Okay, well, challenge accepted. Now we're probably going to get a big one in the next few years because challenge accepted. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But uh, there's your fun fact. So out here in Portland, like I said, we're waiting on the snow, waiting on the model runs. And, uh, man, let's get after it. I am so hyped right now. I cannot wait to get through the next few days of work, and uh, we will see what happens. Yep, fingers crossed. I still have more than a week to wait to see what happens here. But – Best believe I'm going to be checking weather every day and models every day to see what they say. Right. And let's share them on social media to hype everybody else up. Right. Because <laughs> that's what we need to do. <laughs> that's that's what's going to happen. We're going to get everybody fired up. So let's make it happen. Boom. Oh, man. By the way, if you have not seen it, I'm going to retweet this on our weather podcast page. Um, National Weather Service uh, retweet. Grand Rapids just tweeted out this awesome image. It says the temperature map this morning illustrates the modifying influence Lake Michigan has during Arctic outbreaks. It's 15 degrees colder on the Wisconsin side this morning and about a 10 degrees difference between the coast and interior sections of lower Michigan. So everywhere on the west side of Lake Michigan is from four degrees below zero up to about 14 or 15 degrees below zero directly across the lake. Temperatures are ranging from five degrees above zero to 10 degrees above zero. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, so this would also lend to lake effect snow if the wind was blowing, but that's just a perfect example of why bodies of water can moderate air masses. Here we yep. go. So, yep. And that kind of like, helps you understand why warm water fuels a hurricane because the water really influences the air above it. Right. So yeah, I love the weather. I do too. It is fascinating. It is absolutely fascinating. I swear the more we talk about it, the more I just, that's going to be my Valentine next week is the weather. Hey, mine too. Shout to, uh, by the way, happy early singles awareness day. Woo. What, what? All the single ladies, all the single ladies and all dudes. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> all the single people, all the single people. <laughs> there you go. There you go. We just got our Beyonce on. You're welcome. That'll never happen again. <laughs> that will never happen again. It will never, ever happen again. <laughs> nope. So I hope you guys recorded that and made it your ringtone because it will never happen oh again. Oh my gosh. Could you imagine? Oh, man. Body hey, if we body. have fans that dedicated to turn our little singing into a ringtone... That are getting a sticker. <laughs> yeah, 100%. We will, we will, you send a video of us with that as your ringtone. We will send you stickers and we'll find something. I don't know. I'll buy you something nice. Yeah. Yeah. We have those little pins too. So you can have one of those. Yes. Please make it happen. Please Boom. Y'all have it. homework. Get on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Well, winter weather uh, advisors are starting to get posted across the Midwest. I just got the update from Joplin that they're in a winter weather advisory, so I'm sure you'll have one coming to you soon, Bonnie. But man. I will say Western Oklahoma was in a winter weather advisory today until 1 p.m. for light freezing, light freezing rain. Okay. But they said they had a few accidents on, like, bridges and stuff, so it's getting there. We're getting there. We're moving along. 
Yes, we are, and I cannot wait. Well, another fantastic edition of B-Squared, your weekly weather podcast. I am Bobby in Oregon. And I'm Bonnie in Oklahoma. And hopefully next week we'll have a bunch of snow to talk about. Yes, fingers crossed.